Yeah, okay, that's fine. It's recording, right? Hello. Hi. Hi again. Yes. Uh, so, we've just done Lilo and Stitch. Um, I now have a brew. <laughs> <You're>, yes. <laughs> Happy days. There's a brew in Nanny's hand. Uh, so, we're now going to do uh, Treasure Planet, which um, is, is very different. It Because we've, lit- we've literally just discussed this. I wanted to know kind of what films came, came either side because we forgot to do it for Lilo and Stitch mm. to see what was either side and of it. And the one before it strangely was Atlantis which I was yep. very surprised I thought that came a lot later. Um, and then this was next after Lilo and Stitch mm-hmm. and the one after this is Brother Bear. Yeah. I feel that Treasure Planet was a film that was supposed to come out before Atlantis because of the casting the casting now compared to Lilo and Stitch the cast is huge cast is good um, the only other thing I will, I will say about it I feel it came afterwards even though um, you can see in Lilo and Stitch a bit and you can see it more in Atlantis Treasure Planet's got a lot more computer graphics in it mm. and so I think they needed to leave it that little bit longer yeah. I, I feel that Treasure Planet is in the same group of films as like Pocahontas and Aladdin um, with it, with this big voice cast like Hercules and things mm. like that. To me, it's the last Disney Renaissance kind of film with the big celebs in the voice cast because when you look through the voice cast... Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. It really, for the time... It's really good. And also kind of, I think, f- judging future stars as well. I yeah. think it picked out some quite good people. So, we'll um, we'll talk... We'll kind of go through the plot of Treasure Planet. It's a sci-fi version of Treasure Island. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that is the plot. That's all... That's the main... That's what, that's what you need. It's sci-fi Treasure Island. Which is what I'm going to quickly... As you're talking, I'm going to quickly just look up something. Uh-huh. Because I'd like to see... So, um, I'll kind of... I'll start going through the plot anyway. So, Jim uh, lives with his mum in their space cafe. And again, we've got lots of weird and wonderful monsters um, kind of in the space cafe. Um, including Delbert, who's like oh. a, a friend of the family. Um, a bit of a scientist. Um oh okay so I wanted to see when that came out <laughs> yeah okay so <laughs> Muppet, Treasure, Muppet Treasure Island which is obviously that was made by Disney as well yes um, that's 1996 so the plan they had Treasure Island there they knew the story so there was people that kind of it was in Disney's kind of rep- repertoire yeah um, and so it's again it's like sci-fi and spaceships and, and things like that um, so yeah so Jim this is his mum in the cafe they run He's a bit of a rebel, isn't he? Yes. He doesn't want to be tied down. He causes loads of problems, steals spaces. I feel that um, the Star Trek remakes kind of stole the opening. Um, You know, when Captain Kirk's young and he steals the car and he's listening to Sabotage by the Beastie Boys? Yeah. I feel like it's literally a carbon copy of the opening of Treasure Planet. It also, I feel... I might look up that as well. Um, It feels very Firefly. Yes, it is very Firefly. Um, the colour scheme. The colour scheme the browns, is, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's very more firefly. kind of um, Western than pirate kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, well, it is. It's it's a space Western. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It's it's space Western with pirates in it. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's it has that, it does have that Firefly feel to it. Um, the, the kind of, they are on a ship, but they are, it's very Star, Star Wars and mm. Star Trek and things like that. It's very kind of rebellious 
compared to Leela and Stitch, which was on Earth, this is this couldn't be further from Earth. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Jim, um, Jim's cafe has um, an old sailor come in, doesn't he? Like an old sailor slug man, I think he is, yes. come in. And um, he's like, be careful, mind. Kind of like old geezer with a tail and hands him this orb, which is, um, you don't know what it is, but he says it's a map, doesn't he? I think he tells Jim that it's a map. Um, and kind of, but they're looking at this map and, and Jim works out how to work it. And then obviously you get the warning because there is the warning, this is the tale of Treasure Island, the old man that gives him the map gives him a warning to watch out for the man with the wooden leg. Yes. Obviously, this is now the, the cyborg. cyborg. <laughs> Look out for the cyborg with, like, missing an cyborg. arm and leg. and um, <laughs> Which is, as I said, it's the running of the tale of Tre- Treasure Island. Um, so he also says that as he's opening the map. Yeah, so... He, he, and then the cafe gets ransacked, really, doesn't it? Indiana yes. Jones-style. Kind yeah. of, they come in looking for the map. You can, you can pick out where a lot of scenes came from in Treasure Planet. You can kind of go, oh, that was from this, and that was from this, and that was from this. Um, so, yeah, kind of Indiana Jones style cafe gets stormed for for Jim's map. Um, uh, but well, they're, looking for the, they're looking for the captain, aren't they, mm-hmm. really? They're not necessarily looking for the map. Um, and then after the cafe kind of gets torn down, Jim is talking to Delbert and he's like, I've got, the, you know, they work out that it's a map and that it's to possibly could be pointing out where Treasure Planet is. And Jim's mum is like, you are not going. And Delbert's like, you are not going. I'm coming with you. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they hire a boat and they go on like a they science get a expedition. Crew. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, this is the point where, again, you kind of can go, right, this is Atlantis. And I feel this is, again, this is a point where Disney started doing this thing where they would test out ideas for how something's going to work in like a B Disney film before they put it into their big Disney film. Um, you, um, in my personal opinion, is that Tangled is kind of like a blueprint for Frozen. It's pretty much the same film. And I feel the same about Zootopia and The Incredibles 2. Oh yes, after seeing The Incredibles too, I love Zootopia, mm-hmm. and I do. I, it's a wonderful film, um, but it is Incredibles too. Yeah. I you kind of I feel that you can go through some of Disney's sort of what I will put in inverted commas like their B films. It's like ah, eh, we don't know if this idea will work, so we'll make it into a film and we'll put it out there and we'll see how people feel about it. And then if it's got legs, then we'll make it bigger and we'll put it into like one of our big franchises or, you know. So I I do, you can kind of go through recent Disney history and you can go, that came from there. That's exactly the same as that. Do you have to say though that um, Zootopia is Disney and then Incredibles is Pixar? But they're all under the same company. Obviously, they're, they're all, all under the same, the same um, guy. They all are under the same umbrella. But, well, they but, all were run by the same guy. Yeah. And then he started hugging people a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> but they... Obviously, the two companies either talk too much or didn't talk enough. Yeah. <laughs> it, but they are... They, they are the same yes. film. Yeah. They are ex- yeah. Oh, yeah. They are exactly the same. The plot is exactly the same. Because I was working at Traveller's Tales when Incred- before Incredibles 2 came out. And as I was playtesting through Incredibles 2, you obviously get the, the plot of the game as you're going through it. And I was sat there, and as I'm going through the game over and over again, I'm like, I have just seen this plot somewhere. And it, it, it hit me, I'm like, it's Zootopia. It's exactly the same film. 
Um, so yeah, it's it is exactly the same film to the point where you have the female lead kind of is the person that you were following more than anyone else, yeah. um, and things like that. So yeah, um, don't try to ground me back on trying to treasure planet. Yeah, um, you're going to talk about those at a later date. Yeah. So it's just like <laughs> let me ground myself back on treasure planet. So um, they hire a crew. You can tell it's. Just, I love the captain. I adore her. Yes, she's wonderful. Um, and she knows that it's a ruffian set of yeah captain amelia yes uh is the the name of the captain and then uh, you obviously have john silver who's the cyborg um so yeah save it for your floozy silver <laughs> <laughs> it's emma thompson yes so it, you yeah. know it, it's oh god the cast is just great i love this film so much um so they kind of they do the, you kind of put she puts Jim in the galley with Silver mm-hmm. and so he can kind of be like kind of a mentor to him and kind of help him find his feet and things like that um, and he kind of has has this sort of ends up with this sort of fatherly kind of relationship with Jim um, where he kind of he says like you know he trusts him to do things same with the ship the captain starts to trust him to do things um, they're hitting a storm and he is responsible for making sure everyone's lifelines are tied down so they can't get blasted off the ship and so he quickly gains kind of responsibility and and it's kind of a chance to prove himself um and when one of the crew sabotages the lifeline of mr arrow it's he's positive he checked it and he did he did he did his job right it's just one of the mutinous crew decided to put Mm -hmm. his own spin on things and he gets chewed out by silver for doing that um this it's the spider the spider spider guy yeah <laughs> i think silver actually gets him back for that doesn't he um i'm sure he finds out he he, he, know, he knows very quickly that it's him that killed mr arrow but and it's killed him he he oh yeah he's cut, he cut Ooh. his rope and sent him into the bleakness of space um, basically and I like there's anti-gravity on the ship as well because yeah. like you know every, everything kind of starts floating but the, the captain she's just sort of stood there isn't she quite smooth while everything yeah. starts floating and then it all just kind of hits the floor and she's just absolutely she's very seasoned as far as the seven guys are concerned <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um, not long after this they kind of they get to can, can we also just mention Morph? Morph, Morph is like a really cool... He's a polymorph. <laughs> he's a really cool little character. He's lovely. He? he can sort of turn into anything and do mimic voices and things like that. He couldn't turn into a full-sized person, but he can mimic like a smaller version. Like when yeah. he turns into the spider cycle, he kind of turns into the little spider cycle. It, obviously, it's replacing a parrot. It's kind mm-hmm. of they've made this little morph character, and he's very. He's, he looks like Ditto, really, isn't he? He's a little pink yes, blob kind yeah. of thing that kind of, and he floats around and and that. Um, so yeah, he's. It's a very, it's a very clever little sort of replacement for the parrot they did, which was very good and very sci-fi. Mm. This little white polymorph that they've made, which is really sweet. Um, so they get they get within sort of distance. Don't they? they kind of like they get to the planet and the crew mutiny. And so then they have to kind of be escape, don't they? It's um, Jim, the captain, and Delbert yeah. all kind of escape because they're the ones that aren't mutiny. And she's like, Mut- mutant on my... <laughs> Mutineering on my ship, I'll see them all hang! <laughs> um, so pirates on my ship. Uh, she's, again, she's just wonderful because she's like gets a gun ready and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And as they escape, she gets injured. 
um, which is and, and Delbert's like <laughs> I'm not a doctor <laughs> I've got a doctorate it's not the same thing as being a doctor <laughs> and he's wonderfully panicky um, it's uh, I want to say is it David Hyde Pierce who plays him it's a triple barrel name yep David Hyde Pierce from Fraser. yeah it's Fraser's brother it <laughs> so, is <laughs> wonderful and, oh, yeah, so yeah I, I do like him so they, they end up on this planet and and they, they've ended up like but they've uh, the map got separated from Jim um, because um, he dropped it in a in a kind of a ball of rope reached it and picked it up and he accidentally picked up Morph who'd hidden himself in there as yep. the map and so he's realised that he's got to go back onto the ship to get the map um, and meanwhile um, Silver's trying to kind of coax him to his side isn't he and kind mm-hmm. of explain that this is this treasure was owed to him Um and they so yeah they meet um, while they're hiding out they meet a robot called Ben who's lost his mind yes he has <laughs> oh my god that's Martin Short so he literally where he, where his mind would be at the back of his head there's just a few loose wires and things like that and he's he's a bit like kind of gangly and, yeah. and kind of I like his I love his eyes they, they're like yes. these LED light eyes that kind of go all the way down um, and then they kind of change depending on they kind of change depending on the situation they kind of turn into clocks at one point and things like that um, so yeah very, very clever design um, and then Jim goes back onto the ship with Ben and Morph to try and get the map back and so this is this is kind of the fight with the crew that are left on the ship and when Ben is trying to turn the gravity <laughs> and I love it because he's there in the room kind of unplugging various wires he turns the gravity off and when he's trying to plug it he's like get back in there you naughty little plug <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he's just like one oh god they get some great one lines so it's the fight on the ship to get the map um, and then Jim gets the map back I think that's when we lose the spider psycho I think from what I remember that's when so, yeah. he gets killed um, and then takes the map back to he takes the map back to the planet but gets captured by Silver Um, and so then they end up using the map and he works out how to make the map work to show them directly where it is and and the map kind of shows them that they're there and they all sort of down everything and start trying to dig into the planet and he's like no it's not here and he puts it into the floor and a a kind of portal opens up doesn't it and basically it's in the core of the planet is all the treasure but they find out that the portal can take them to different... That's how... So that's yeah. how... Um, it's not Silver. It's how um, the, the guy who did all the plundering... It's how he got hold of everything, wasn't it? He won't have a voice actor, because like you wouldn't have yeah. seen him. Um, but yeah, it, it's how he got all the treasure. He used this portal to plunder. Beard. It's not Blackbeard. It might be Blackbeard in the original book but I don't think he's called mm. Blackbeard in this. I can't remember his name. Um, but yeah, that's how he does all the plundering. Yeah. He uses the portal to travel to and back from all the spaceports and things like that. And you can travel to anywhere. You can tap a button on, on this like green hollow map and it'll take you to anywhere. Um, so they go inside and they find the treasure, but there was a, a fail-safe, wasn't there? They find him sat in the chair and he's got Ben's mind in his hand. So they, they, they get the mind and put it out and they stick it in him. And what Ben remembers when he gets his mind back and he's really really happy because he's thinking <laughs> I was just thinking thinking and then he realises that there was a fail safe that had been put into the planet should anyone try and steal the treasure it'll cave of wonders itself basically yep. and completely destroy itself so no one else could get the treasure and so they have a 
Silver has got a ship full of gold and Jim loses his footing and ends up going down like a, a ravine, doesn't he? Yeah. And Silver gives up the treasure that he's got on this ship to rescue Jim. And you're just like, ah, oh, he's learned a lesson. Yeah, he's look at him. Oh, damn me for a fool! <laughs> he says when he rescues Jim. Um, and so they have like kind of this mad sort of escape, don't they? But they have yeah. to like, Jim has to put like an engine on a, a like a speeder so that he can kind of get them all out. But I think all of the crew die apart from Silver. Um, and then obviously our three good guys and more survive. But I think everyone else is swallowed up by the yes, planet. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, and they get they get to the spaceport and Silver's due to be arrested, but he gets himself a little lifeboat and and Jim helps him get out and and he leaves Morph with him and gives him some money so his mum can fix up her restaurant. So he's he's he gained a heart. Just a just film. a small one. Yes. Just a small one. And Jim's been to like Space Academy and he's like Mr. Spacer and the captain and. Uh, Delbert have got together and they've had some weird cat baby puppies and dog yes. baby puppies. <laughs> yeah, they have. Um, so yeah, it's all all in all very heartwarming. Yes, at the end, but very action packed. It is. It's one of the action kind of Disney films. Um, again, we don't have any princesses in this film. No, it's not all lovey dovey or no, anything like that. Not really any music, like no. songs. It's again. There's one song. There's that I will be what I will be. There's like that yeah. one song in the film. Um, it's again about a little bit family orientated, like family unit coming together, like uh, someone who's never had kids and someone who's missing a father coming together and kind of mending their ways slightly. Yeah, like okay, there's, there's this father figure that comes along. It's it's very kind of like it is treasure treasure island just kind of set in space which is like it's it's nice and it's very pretty like when I watched it I was like this is really pretty it it, it looks mm. lovely and again like the alien designs are great and things like that they've um, gone back to that kind of sleek Disney drawing whereas the other stitch was so kind of over the top and round and and like cuddly so this is very kind yeah. of streamlined so let's talk let's do some figures because like this compared to Leo and Stitch this is going to probably surprise you so Leo and Stitch was the 42nd Disney film this was the 43rd came out 2003 um it was nominated for the best animated Oscar in 2003 alongside Lilo and Stitch um but they both lost out neither of them got it can go I on. try and figure out what it is go on it's one of two films I reckon okay go on Toy Story or Dog's Life. No, neither. Ooh, okay. Neither. Toy Story, I've just listened to the Unspooled on that. I want to say it's like 99. Yeah, that, I thought it was around this yeah. sort of time. Bugs Life, Bugs Life would have been around now. Yeah. But no, uh, they lost out to Spirited Away. Yay! So yeah, they both lost out to that. There I don't the, mind <laughs> Yeah. Was the, and so kind of when, again, like looking back at kind of when we're looking at the songs for the films, it's like so these were both nominated for the Oscar neither of them got it what film did Spirited Away it's one of the biggest film like animated films to cross over and, and to come out over here um, like as far as family films was concerned it was huge when it came out um, and it is beautiful and I'm not sorry that out of these three films it got the Oscar yeah um, because it was re- it's really really good uh, the cast includes Jason Gordon Levitt who's Jim um, Laurie Metcalf she's um, from Ro- Roseanne Yes. She's Roseanne's best friend. Uh, that's his mum. David Hyde Pierce is Dr. Do- Doppler, who, uh, he, you know, Dr. Delbert. Um, he's great. Martin Short is Ben. Martin Short, 
from Inner Space. Yes. That's what you're known from, and the, the Three Amigos and things like that. Yeah. Emma Thompson is Captain Amelia. It's a borderline Jane performance. It's, it's it is yeah. Pre- it's pretty good. I do I do love her. Um, Tony J provides the voice of the narrator, so he is the from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. You know the evil guy who loves Esmeralda. Yes, he's the voice of the narrator. You know the book that Jim's reading oh, at the beginning. Yeah, the, he, that's his voice. Ah. He's reading the book. Um, and then Roscoe Lee Brown is Mister Arrow. He played Francis in Oliver and Company. Ruff. Oh, Ruth. he plays him, um, and and Brian Murray is Silver. Um, he played Silver in a lot of spin-offs, so he gets brownie points. So basically, anything that Silver was in later on, he he came back and did the voice. Um, so what I was saying before about how I feel this film is in the wrong place. It took ten years to make this film. Ooh, okay. So if you consider a normal Disney film, probably would take three to four years to make. If we look kind of in our list, this was probably supposed to be back in kind of the Mulan Tarzan kind of era. Yeah. Kind of, you kind of looking back a kind of a few films back. So that's why it feels weird, and I feel like it was probably. It kind of, to me, fits in more with, like, Pocahontas and Hutchback of Notre Dame. Like, it feels very similar to them. Mm. Um, it was a flop, and it was a massive flop. I don't... Did we go to the cinema to see this, or was this one we missed? I cannot remember, but I have got a theory about partly why this was a flop. So, um, the directing pair who made this, they did Hercules, Aladdin, Princess and the Frog, Moana... Little Mermaid and Basil the Great Mass Detective. This was John Musker and Ron Clements. They had good stuff. Oh, they had really they good, had stuff. good stuff on their belt. They had good stuff to come, like Princess and the Frog, Moana. You know, this was a this was a safe pair of hands as far as Disney were concerned. But if you kind of look back at what the last film was they made before this one, it was Hercules. So again, we've got our big cast and and in this, which is kind of Hercules is kind of the tail end of when we've got the big celebrities doing the voices in the films it cost 140 million to make so that was 20 million more than Lilo and Stitch 60 million more than Lilo and Stitch Lilo and Stitch was 80 million to make there we go and Lilo and Stitch brought in um, 273 million internationally this brought in 109 million internationally so like it did like a third of the business that Lilo and Stitch did it lost 31 million um it grossed 12 million open weekend fourth behind harry potter and the chamber of secrets die another day and santa claus 2 so it did not do well it was considered a flop um so here is my kind of theory about why people did not go and see treasure planet um titan ae do you remember Titan A.E.? I like Titan A.E. It's done by the same people who did Anastasia and, and things like that. Yeah. It came out two years before this film. And it was very... It's a very sci-fi heavy film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a big cast in it. It's Matt Damon and... Um, Matt Damon. <laughs> and Drew Barrymore. So, again, it's kind of... It's feeding off that big cast thing. Part of part of Titan A was that it had um, a song from The Matrix in the trailer. Um, it's a not really to me. Titan A is not really a children's film, but it was a cartoon film. And at that time, you didn't have a lot of cartoons that weren't aimed at children. So I have a really weird feeling that people would have gone 
and seen Titan AE when it came out and found it a hard experience at the cinema in the sense of it wasn't a family film and it wasn't very family friendly and it was quite heavy on the sci-fi and it was quite serious and quite dark it kind of reminds me of like um mass effect titan ae it, yes it, it feels, does yeah it, i feel yeah. like titan ae kind of has this spaceport in mass effect feel about it and like the characters in it are kind of people that like npcs that you kind of fall over and things like that so i kind of when i watch titan when i think about titan ae i kind of that's that's what the kind of feeling i get to it um Treasure Planet had some very similar things on the surface. The colour palette was very similar. Was? Yep. Oranges and browns and, and that. Um, it was similar. So on the surface, if you look at it, really similar setting. Yep. Um, and then it was a similar looking lead male. The two main characters they in the two look, films yep. look pretty much exactly the same. Apart from one of them has blonde hair. And let's yep. not forget, Treasure Planet was in production for 10 years now, if Titan AE came out two years before this, it probably went into production after this. So that company who made Titan AE were probably trying to jump the gun and they were like, Disney are making a sci-fi film. How can we make one first? What do we do to make ours a success? Mm. So they would have written a sci-fi film, animated it, got a big cast in to do the voices because that's how you'd sold your films. Like Aladdin basically kind of did this whole you put a big person in your animated film thing that until that point we didn't really have that and then aladdin comes out and then we get celebrities in animated films and it becomes your big selling point yeah um you know and disney not so much but when you look at other companies look at shrek look at shark tale shark tale is your a massive example of like what kind of, and and again this was shark tale came out around the same time as finding nemo so there was obviously some people talking, like, behind the scenes, this is what Disney are doing. Well, let's make a similar film and see if we can get, like, ride on the success of that, get on, get in on that kind of thing. And there was, there was a period of time there where... There was, when there were things pretty much... Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah. Because you got, um... Oh, what was the, the one that Disney did about the animals escaping the zoo? Was it just animals? The wild. There we go, the wild. But then yeah. you've got Madagascar. Madagascar. The same year. And it was pretty much the same film. It was exactly the same film. And it's like, it, there was all of these kind of parallel films coming out at the same time from different studios that were almost exactly the same. And, and it, it's clear that I feel like Titan AE had a massive negative effect on Treasure Planet. Mm. Um, where someone was trying to kind of do that. If you saw the poster for Titan AE and, you, and then two years later you saw the poster for Treasure Planet, you think it was the same film. And if you had a negative reaction with a family viewing to Titan AE, you're not all going to go see Treasure Planet. No. I, f- I really feel like that probably did it some damage. Um, so, and comparatively, Titan AE also lost over 100 million at the box office. Oh, wow. Okay. That's so, heck. I kind of... I. I have that is my kind of that is my treasure planet Titan AE theory on why it lost out on so much money question is did it deserve to lose out on so much money I think it's got a better rewatching it again it's gotten better with age yes I feel like watching it now rather than when I was younger I appreciate it more yes it's I think more of a grown up film yes. isn't it yeah but because it's more kind of sci-fi the story's older even though they tried to modernize it 
the story is a very old story. It kind of feels like kind of jungle booky, doesn't it? The story, yeah, like similar sort of pace. Uh, you know, it. You can tell that the the story that it's based on is from a similar era, mm-hmm. or it's it's an old, like you said, it's an old story. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's an old but simple story, mm-hmm. which I think they translated really well to modern times. As I said, more grown up me appreciates it a lot more mm-hmm. than younger me. Yeah, I liked it when I was younger. I really enjoyed it when I was younger. But now I'm just like, actually, no, this is this is actually really under underrated. I think that you pick up on like a lot of the funny little one liners that are in mm. it when you're older. Whereas I think when you're a kid, like a lot of them go over your head. Um, you know, like kind of the, the stuff that the captain comes out with is is Emma Thompson stuff is gold. It's it's all it's mm-hmm. again, it's so well delivered and it's so much fun. Same with Delbert, like his lines are really, really good. Ben you know and 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 when you look at ben's design they basically copied that design and made robots yeah because the robots and robots look exactly like ben mm. um you know it i i do feel that a lot of this was stolen and put in other people's films and i think that didn't do it any favors um it's not a bad film no for for the tail end of disney still doing I think this was one of the last animated it was one of the last animated ones Uh, we had a few few more to go but we do go into kind of a bit stinker territory Um, like meet the Robinsons Bolt um, Princess and the Frog Princess and the Frog is great (laughs) Princess and the Frog was the first one well what that is now apart from oh Enchanted which has got animation at the front um, of it Mm -hmm. Princess Frog is definitely the last one uh, meet the Robinsons. That isn't. That's computer generated. That's computer generated. Bolt is computer generated. Yeah. The Wild is computer generated. Chicken Little as well. So you've got Home on the Home Range. Home the Range and Brother then Bear. Then you've got this massive gap where we then get to Princess and the Frog, and then we hit Tangled. And it's it is odd, kind of when you look at are you when you look at that. Princess and the Frog may have been in production for a while, which is why yeah. it became the last hand drawn one. But then we had sort of four computer generated ones between there and there but then you look at kind of enchanted came in i think it was just after tangled or it was in between princess the frog and tangled Mm -hmm. that enchanted came out and it showed that disney still had it yeah and that's what's heartbreaking Mm -hmm. it's just like that little tiny bit at the beginning and that little bit at the end they had a little bit at the end as well is gold yeah and it's just like why are you not still doing that? It, I I would love to see a hand-drawn Disney film again. I I really would. I think it would differentiate it from Pixar. Yes. Like, massively. Like, Big Hero 6, Wreck-It Ralph. If you told me they were Pixar films, I believe you. Because they look like Pixar mm. films. And, and I think that Pixar, for a long, long time, stood for a certain quality in its films. And I feel that's gone. Yes. Again, it's... I haven't gotten round to watching Toy Story 4 yet. Mm-hmm. I will go and see it. But that cow's come out again. That cow was put down to rest. It, it, it was put out in the field. It was loving it. Why did we need to bring that cow back in? Toy Story is an odd film. Like, it, it, like, it does... It does come round once every sort of five years. Yeah. We, we get another Toy Story I, film. I feel... Disney are doing that too much now. Pixar and Disney. 
We're getting Frozen 2 at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Don't need Frozen 2. No. Um, Maleficent 2. I you do not need another one no I was not keen on Maleficent anyway no and so for them to kind of manage to milk that for another one and again it's kind of doing a weird sort of handmaid's tale where it's like okay so we want to milk this cow for some more money how can we do it ah Maleficent's not really a good guy even though we made her a good guy in the first film let's make her an evil person in the second film and you're just like even though she's not because really Michelle Pfeiffer is going to be the bad guy but still she is (laughs) you're just like ah stop it (laughs) I feel it it needs to kind of stop. Yeah, I think that we now need some we need some new proper Disney films again. And I'm not saying that Frozen is not a proper Disney film. Um, you know, because in the end, like Big Hero Six is awesome, oh, lovely. Um, but having Treasure Planet near the end of its kind of good film cycle, shall we say? is kind of you can see looking at that list now you can see the death yeah and you can tell that it's it's a film out of its time yeah it, you can when you watch it you can you can tell that it's not it's not in the right place it was probably supposed to be three or four films further back than that um which is a shame because whatever happened to make that production go as long as it for, did yeah, on for so long hasn't helped it no um but we were coming into that kind of, as you said, Titan AE, Matrix was out. Yeah, Matrix it, was It 99. was that time of kind of, like, futuristic sci-fi yeah, coming mean, back into yeah, it, society. It had, if it had come out the same year as The Matrix, I think it would have done so much better. But it's because, like three years later, isn't it? Yeah, it's four, four, four years later. Yeah. yeah, three, four years later it comes out. And I, I think that, because, like, Titan AE, I feel, tried to ride on the back of The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it even had, like... A song from the Matrix soundtrack in the trailer for it, and so you can kind of say, "Yeah, you're trying to ride on the back of that." This would have come out, and and it wouldn't have had that kind of that wave to ride on the back on. Uh, yeah, I think it's I I love Treasure Planet, but it would not be in my top ten. I don't think for me it would be. It would it wouldn't be in my top ten. I, I enjoy think. it, and I go back to it every so often yeah. because it is one of those ones that kind of. Every so often it's worth a watch, just as you said, for those one-liners that hit. Mm. The cast is fantastic. And if you want that different style of animation again. Yeah. So the other film that probably fits into this era, Iron Giant. Yes. Keep forgetting about Iron Giant. I I will put money on Iron Giant coming out around about the same time as all these. Let's have a look and see if I'm right. Um obviously like Vin Diesel owned that film <laughs> but I think that had Jennifer Aniston in it yes it um, did I can't remember who the guy 1999 1999 wow. so again like you kind of you're a few years this is same year as The Matrix by this point if if Treasure Planet came out 2003 that had been in production for six years by the time Iron Giant came out uh, so yeah Vin Diesel's a giant Jennifer Aniston is the mum. Oh, James... Uh, ga- ga- oh, God. James ga- Gammon. Gammon. You'll know him as soon as I like him. Why are you hitting James Gammon? What did he do? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the wrong person. Are you Hang thinking on. of the wrong person? Yeah, wait a second. Now he's had a brain fart. <laughs> I had a brain fart. Where is he? Is it that person? Who are you trying to work out? The boyfriend, the, the guy who goes into the cafe. Oh, yeah. 
he is actually quite famous. Who the hell was he? What was his name? I can't see anyone on there that I recognise the name of, but I'll probably recognise the picture. He is quite a big actor. Why can I not see him? Is it not Dean? Like, second one down, Harry Connick Jr. I do recognise that name. I do recognise his name, but I'm wondering if he's the young lad. He's no, he's not. He's in Independence Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's the guy in Independence Day who's the mate of Will Smith that gets killed. That's it. Yeah, it's that dude. Um, he's in quite a few. He's like he's like in Will and Grace. Okay. As Leo, as, as her partner. Oh. Um, so, yeah, it's he is actually quite a famous guy. Oh, Because okay. um, I, a couple of years ago, when I looked up, like, Iron Giant, I was just like, oh, my God, it's that guy. Yeah, but it's kind of... We've, we've kind of got this weird sort of... There's three sort of sci-fi films from this era, and... A lot of people will remember Iron Giant out of all of them. Iron Giant is in Ready Player One. Yes, he is. He's that important mm-hmm. to kind of like our kind of. And he is in the book culture. version as well. Yeah. yeah, he's that important to our kind of book, like our kind of sci-fi film culture from anime, mm. the animated stuff from when we were younger. As far as Western stuff is concerned, they're your big three, and really Iron Giant is the one that everyone remembers, and it is, it's wonderful Iron Giant so good and it's lovely and it kind of it comes it comes out a bit out of left field Iron Giant as well it, it, kind, of, it kind of from what I remember it it, it was a, actually a, quite a success when it came it out it was I can't remember which studio did it um, I don't know if it actually tells you on the IMDB it will do Brad Bird directed it I recognise that name you Brad Bird just click on Brad Bird go up click on Brad Bird I do recognise that name yeah he's, I, can't. I feel like he did Disney stuff yeah, he did. <laughs> a lot. I feel like he did Disney <laughs> stuff. Oh look, he did The Incredibles. He did Ratatouille. <laughs> so obviously he did Iron Giant. Up Wally. Yeah. Um, so he's on like the senior creative team of yeah. them. So obviously Iron Giant and Pixar wrote him a letter, kind of saying, "Hello, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've seen Iron Giant. We think you're cracking. Come and work for us, please." Uh, yeah. He's yeah. He's quite he's quite big as mm-hmm. far as Disney's concerned. I knew I knew that name. Uh, yeah. He's quite, he's quite important as far as things like this are concerned. So yeah, it, that's, that's Treasure Planet. Um, co- co- sort of comparing and contrasting, I don't think it'll be one that gets a live action remake, do you? No. I think, to be fair, there's as close to a live action as you're going to get, the Muppets did it really well. Yeah. Um, and that was many years before it. I'm going to give you a controversial opinion here. I'm not overly keen on the Muppets Treasure Island. I enjoy it, mm-hmm. but still, my Christmas it, Carol. I find is amazing. it really slow. I can see that. Yeah, I find it really, really mm. slow going, and I don't like to admit that because I like the Muppets. <laughs> I love. I, I think I love um, Tim Curry as like Silver. Yeah, I mean, he's wonderful. This is thing I should like it. It's <laughs> the Muppets and Tim Curry. I should love that film, but I don't know why. I don't. I, I just. It, I just find it quite slow. Um, so, we are going to fudge the result of our next two viewings mm-hmm. because there's quite a big film out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. So this, I is, this is my favourite Disney film. My favourite Disney film. And I don't think even us talking about your this like kind of all the Disney classics I don't think we're going to change your mind no this is literally my favourite of all time I have a favourite princess one but out of 
every Disney film, the only one that comes close to this is probably Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. It comes close. So, I know that your favourite Disney film, though. I know it's The Wild. <laughs> no. so tomorrow the live action remake of the lion king's coming out and so i think that we're gonna try and see it and then we'll come back and we'll do the pairing that i did for the lion king i called it leading lions week <laughs> and it is the wild and lion king oh that's good because i haven't seen be... the wild in, in a long time i have not seen it in Ages. No, I quite like because it it's got Eddie Izzard it's as got, the it, koala. Yeah, and and Keith Sullivan is, yep, the, is, is the lion. Yeah. Again, again, I think that we're kind of we're still in. If you look at where the wild forms in this, I think that it was probably cast in a weird sort of time when we were still getting big names to do the casts. Mm. And and when you kind of look at Madagascar, which I think that. I think I'm gonna. Ha- I I do not like Madagascar. Oh, I hate it. I, I really, really don't do not like, like it. I find it really dull. Do you know they're doing a musical of it? Oh wow! Okay, they're doing. Um, there is enough people out there who like Madagascar enough that they are making a musical of it. To be fair, again, it was another one of those cash cows. It got so many sequels. It's got loads of video games to go. Yeah, with I it. mean the penguins and the. They've got their own TV series. Yeah. So we're gonna. Well. We'll stop talking about it now because otherwise you might as well just keep listening. <laughs> um, so what we'll do next for next time, we've, we've really now we've got four films that we need to watch because I think I think we need to watch The Wild. I think we need to watch Madagascar, mm-hmm. and then we need to watch Lion King, and then we need to watch the live action Lion King. I think I'm probably going to go watch the live action one, and then I'll rewatch the animated one. I'm going to do the same because I. I've said this to you, like, I went and saw Spider-Man last week with my husband, and the trailer of The Lion King in IMAX, I I was, every single time that first bit of Circle of Life comes on in the trade, the original trailer, I still get goosebumps, because mm-hmm. it's amazing, you see Zazu fly over, it's wonderful, sitting in that cinema, I am sat there almost in tears, because I'm just like, I really love this film. The music that gets me in that trailer is the music from when Simba is walking up like Pride Rock. Yeah. I know what that music is, yeah. I know what it means, Every it's like, and I, I took mum to go see Spider-Man and the Lion King trailer came on and, and mum's not like the biggest Disney fan like in in the sense of she's like she's not our age basically um, and so she won't have watched she won't have watched them as much as we have and even she got choked up at the trailer of the Lion King you know she's like I want to sob and it's like it is it's just this it's this weird sort of thing where it's just tapped into part of my subconscious where every single emotion of that film seems to wash over me in one go oh yeah oh yeah i am i am not lo- i genuinely am not looking forward to going and seeing this film because i am going a to mess. be a mess as soon as i know what's going to happen mm-hmm. i am going to be a blubbering mess yeah. and the other thing as well is we have also seen the musical of the lion king as well so buckle in for the lion king episode because we <laughs> could be here a while um it, we've there was a lot the lion king is a very interesting film. Yes. Without the musical, without the live action remake, oh. The Lion King on its own is interesting. Yeah. Um, so I think it's we'll do we'll do the wild first, 
and then we'll do the Lion King because we're going to be going on for a while. Yes. I, can, I can already tell the Lion King's going to be an hour <laughs> plus show because it's a big, it's a biggie. It is, it is, it is one of the. It's out of the majority of them. That is, I feel now one of the biggest. I, I mean, Disney films. I've been listening to Unspooled, which go through the hundred, um, the top hundred AFI films of all time and there were two disney films in that top 100 list there's snow white and there's toy story and if you think about it they're both sort of firsts like snow white is the first animated film yeah, feature length film yeah uh, yes and toy story is the first computer animated film and i think that's partly why they're on there it's and, and the afi top 100 list is full of a lot of famous firsts and so it's not necessarily the best films. It's just this one did it first. Mm-hmm. I feel that The Lion King should be on the AFI Top 100. Yes. It's that good. It's it's that good. We'll stop talking about it though. Yes. And so people might want to come back next time and find out why we feel that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you very much for listening once again. Yes. This is where I find out I haven't pressed the record button. Oh, I did. Thank you for tuning in to the Oblong Babysitter.